I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm wonderful this evening. How are you today, Dawn? I am doing really, really well. I was... Well, first of all, hello, listeners. Let's I mean, let me jump into that really quick and say hello, listeners. How are you? Hope you've had an amazing week. I have been doing a lot of reflection the last couple weeks. We talked in a recent podcast. I don't know if you'll remember. I'm sure you will. But where I said I was, I'm kind of afraid. I'm, we were talking about a little bit about fear and what that is, and what it's going to look like when I go into a relationship and how that's going to look and. I'm really kind of, I don't, I was going to use the word struggle and I I don't want to use that word because I'm not struggling over it. I'm not obsessing over it, but it is something that has been kind of in the back of my head a little bit with how am I going to be in a relationship? And part of that is I can be vulnerable with you. I can be vulnerable with my boys i can be vulnerable with my girlfriends i can be vulnerable with my parents and because i've learned to how to have healthy relationships with them and i'm trying to process and how i am going to be able to be vulnerable in a romantic relationship in the future and when i think of being vulnerable in a relationship, I think of intimacy. And a lot of times, a lot of people will jump to where intimacy is related to sex. And I used to do that. I'm not going to say I didn't. Now I realize that I can have an intimate relationship with it with anyone. My, Uh my people in my in my that I've met in recovery, I've learned to have an intimate relationship, I can have an intimate relationship with you, um, which means I can be vulnerable, I can be my authentic self. And I don't know, that's just been on that was just on my mind the last couple of weeks, because I don't know how to be intimate in a non, and I think that's the key there is I want to stress again, in a non-sexual way, because I think intimacy means a lot of things. Yes. So yes to all of the above. Intimacy definitely means a lot of things. Intimacy in a sexual way is very different than sex. I want to say that also. And I get why that is scary as well. And It makes sense to me why it would be easier to be vulnerable in a group like our recovery friends, our meetings, our our program. It's easier to be vulnerable with people like me, with you, is because we're safe, right? You're vulnerable. So, of course, I can be vulnerable. The other people that we talk to are vulnerable. So, of course, we can be vulnerable, it makes it much easier to be safe. And when it's a relationships, a significant other relationship, this is someone new. 
it makes absolute sense to me why being in a relationship would be scary because intimacy in a relationship, it means letting go of the other person's thoughts. It means letting go of the other person's opinion, not thinking about or worrying about what they might think of me. I got to let go of that in order to be intimate with them. I can honestly say in my, in, in, I've never had an intimate romantic relationship. When I look back, I've I've just never had that. One, I didn't know how to, because I didn't really, because again, for me, it was straight to intimate. Oh, we have an intimate relationship, which means we're having sex. And well, so, well, let's describe before we go up, sorry to interrupt you, but before we go too much further, let's describe what type of intimacy are you talking about right because you're not talking about sexual intimacy but but there's in my opinion at least there's several other kinds of intimacy agreed sex is we'll put that there as um, one of them we've talked about it a couple of times now so we'll put that there which is physical intimacy i think let's word it that way right physical physical emotional we'll see now, for me, physical intimacy and sexual intimacy, and I know it's not technically a category, but they're very different categories for me because sexual intimacy, physical intimacy is when I put my hand on your leg, you put your hand on my hand or you move your leg into my hand just a little bit in response. Or if I put my arm around you, you lean into me. There's, there's a physical intimacy that has nothing to do with sex at all for me. So I agree because I don't look at sex and intimacy at all related. They're very separate things. Using a But term sex in, can be intimate. It can be. But it takes, I think, all of these other things, these other types that we're going to talk about to create intimate sex. Yes, I agree with that 100%. So sex alone is not intimacy. I agree with what you said about physical intimacy. To me, actually, one of the things for me that I feel is, I'm going to use, I actually use the word trigger in a positive way, because I believe we can have positive triggers as well, is the hand on the small of my back. Yes. Immediate warmth, immediate security. Like, even if it's just a brief passing second, the feeling is, it is an immediate comfort, secure, I don't know what it is about it. And I'll be honest, I wore, the other day, I wore a shirt, and it had the back open. Like, it was connected mid-back, yeah. and then the lower back was open. And as we went to walk into a door, Nick actually put his hand in the small of my back, and kind of, not led, but kind of, I don't know how to say it, like, led me into yes. the door with his hand on the small of my back. Yep. It was one of, like, I immediately noticed it, I and I I'm, didn't like the shirt very much before that, but I immediately <laughs> was like, okay, I'm going to wear this shirt again. <laughs> and it, it, there was nothing sexual about it. It was just a, it was a physical intimacy that was a, hey, I got you. Hey, I'm here. Here's my support, right? I, I've got your back. Especially with somebody putting their hand on the small of your back being such an intimate gesture, not just anybody does that. If you and I were together, you wouldn't put your hand on the small of my back to lead me through a door. Uh, No. My boys wouldn't do that. My friends wouldn't do that. My mom wouldn't even do that. 
She might. Now, see, I do do that to my kids. I but do too. Not, as they get older, I, I'm trying to think about my oldest daughter, who's almost 21, and I don't think now. No, I do do that to her if she goes in the restaurant in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I will be. I will touch like their arm or their back, but that small of your back, way down, right? Yes. There's that. Not anybody gets to put their hand there. Let me say it that way. That's the best way to say it. Not anybody gets to put their hand there. And so for me... Yes, if some random man at work led me in the door with his hand on the small of my back, I would probably smack his hand away. Yes, exactly. And so for me, that is a privilege for my partner. That is a connection I get to have with my partner. And so for me, that is a very intimate thing. Holding hands, I agree with you. Being able to snuggle into the crook of their arm, hugging them and being able to bury your nose and your lips into their neck. Those are very intimate things that I am not going to really do with anyone else. Yes, absolutely. So that's what I look at as physical intimacy. Okay, so you're definitely not talking about physical intimacy. No. Um, no. There's also uh, spiritual intimacy. And I, I definitely find myself looking for spiritual intimacy. So what do you uh, mean um, by spiritual intimacy? So that's actually what I get from a lot of our conversations. So spiritual intimacy for me means talking about things that are outside of this known world. The universe, Mother Nature the cosmos, aliens, what happens when we die, uh, a higher power, a god, religion, faith. Those kind of things for me are spiritual intimacy, meditation, prayer, how we connect with our higher power, and being able to share that with a person. Talking about the word religion, God, higher power, which, you know, believing in the universe and, and energy, you're talking a very sensitive subject there for, for some people. So how do we have intimacy around something that can be such a, a, a sore toe? Well, so religion may be an aspect of spirituality. Religion is an aspect of spirituality. Some people are religious and some people are not. That doesn't mean they're not spiritual. How we can respect spirituality and disagreeances well so let's let's use nick and i for an example nick is he grew up going southern baptist churches every every sunday and and holidays and prayer and praying before dinner and uh, father son holy ghost and amen and church and all of that um i even grew up i went to a catholic school for a very long time nick to this day still believes in god as when I say God, most people's thoughts go to Catholic, Christian, Baptist, God. Mm-hmm. Nick very strongly believes in that God. The Bible and Bible verses are very major things in his life. I do not believe in that God. That is not my higher power. That doesn't mean I don't believe he may or may not have existed at one point, but that is not my higher power. And yet, a lot of the things that he believes in part of that religion are still things that I believe as part of my spirituality. So we're able to connect on those things 
and not judge each other for the other ones. I don't judge him because he believes in a God that I don't believe in. That's his choice. He has a right to believe in whatever he wants. He, he pray to whoever the hell he wants to pray to. It doesn't matter to me. Um, just the same as I have a right to pray in whatever way I want to pray. Mm-hmm. And not caring if the other person thinks that that's invalid or obviously I don't believe in his God the same way he believes in it. He also does not believe in my God the same way I believe in it. So to be able to respect that and say, you're allowed to believe what you want and I will respect your belief and vice versa. I mean, I don't know. I agree with you. Actually, I, I, we just do it. You know, I don't know how we just do. Yeah, and I think that is a big factor in we have to feel safe to have an intimate relationship. That is a key factor in this. And being able to disagree in a respectful, healthy way is a factor in intimacy. You and I don't always see eye to eye on everything. And I not in an eye to eye negative like way, but like right, you may be I'll say something and you'll have a different perspective on it and I'll be like, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Right, or vice versa, or or maybe I have a different perspective or you have a different perspective, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can see that, but I still think this. Right. It doesn't change our relationship. It actually makes our relationship stronger because that is adding layers of bricks to solidify our relationship of feeling safe. We've done it by taking our time, getting to know each other. We didn't, day one, when we met had a phone call to get to know each other and our understanding of each other and our closeness grew every time we every time we would talk by being able to share our feelings our hopes our dreams our our past mistakes our mistakes our children our you know struggles with motherhood i mean we could the list could go on forever that is how you and i got to know each other And that didn't happen overnight. Well, and we became a safe place for each other Mm -hmm. to have that spiritual intimacy, to have that emotional intimacy. We became a safe place for each other to do that by not judging each other's opinions. Right. We both very much are connected to the outside world, like outdoors, the, you know, the earth and planting our feet. We talked about this in a past podcast of you know, walking in the grass and barefoot and connecting to the earth and feeling drawn to it. We both feel there is something bigger than us that exists. But what that is doesn't like we neither one have a full it's not a thing. It's just this feeling. But yeah, for me, it's an energy. Yes, I agree. Like I can walk outside and I can just and it's feel it feel it yes it surrounds me like a big hug well and even for like nick and i who have very different religious Mm -hmm. views we were able to connect spiritually by respecting each other's opinions and not judging each other and finding the common ground so how did you do that i mean well like you just said talking spending time together sharing with each other did it happen? I mean, you guys have been get, been together a really long time. And I know you went, you know, you've been through your own journey together. And how long did how long did it take? You know, for a long time, there was no spiritual intimacy 
for a long time, there was a, there was just, I don't know, it was kind of nothing. I didn't really have an idea of what I believed in for a really long time. And Nick, while he is spiritual, he is not extremely religious. So he doesn't go to church every single Sunday. He doesn't go every holiday. You know what I mean? He he doesn't read the Bible yeah. all the time. So he's not extremely religious. So for a very long time, there was just a non-existence, I guess you would say. Yet there was still the commonality of faith and we got to believe in something and trust and hope and those common human yearnings, so to speak. Those things were still there. Those things... Even when there was no real spiritual intimacy, there was that level of spiritual intimacy because that's just, I think, in natural in most humans. And then I guess it was when he went to rehab and he became part of a 12-step program that really pushed him to become more spiritual, right? And as he did that, I also became part of a 12-step program. I became part of Codependence Anonymous, and he became part of AA, both of which push faith in a higher power. Not God specifically, Mm -hmm. but a higher power. And I think in conversations with meetings and just bringing it forefront of our own minds individually, it kind of naturally came part of our conversations. And again, as we talked more, we built that spiritual intimacy. The point that now, even though, right, so when you think of a morning meditation, it almost always involves a higher power. Mm -hmm. So him being Baptist, Christian, Catholic, his always involves a Bible verse, King James Version, um, Bible verse. Mine never involves a Bible (laughs) verse, honestly, frankly, to see proverbs, whatever, blah, blah, on my, it would turn me off completely. Honestly, it does when I do see it. And yet we are able to share our meditations with each other. And I will sometimes read mine out loud for us together, even though they are not dictated to each of our religions, because there is a spiritual basis, a spiritual commonality across all religions. I think what I'm hearing here from you is that you just respect each other for your spiritual beliefs. Yes. And that's how it works. We all don't agree on all of them, but I think we, ha- as humans, we should respect everyone has the right to their opinion. I do not agree with a lot of opinions on certain things, but that doesn't mean everyone doesn't is not allowed to that allowed to have them. And I, that's what I hear you saying. You just respect each other enough to each have your own individual opinions on things and outlooks. Yes. Okay. So is that the type of intimacy that you're looking for in a relationship and being fearful of is spiritual intimacy? It is a, a factor because I am not, you know, very much like you, I am not a traditional spiritual person you know i do not believe in what traditional religion traditional god and all of that and so i want that i I think it's very important to me to be able to have and in all of these cases but you know i think spiritual is a big one that the person respects my beliefs and i respect their beliefs And we come together and are able to mesh them together where 
it is like what you said, where maybe he doesn't read his out loud, you don't read yours out loud, but if one of, if you're reading your meditation, and I think your meditation and my meditation are very similar, um, uh-huh. I would like to be able to share that with someone. I read this today and it just really hit me it hit home for me. And I, I just, I want to share this with you, babe. I want to share this with you and, and them to be able to be like, oh yeah, let me, you know, read it to me, you know, or I can't right now, you know, I don't have time right now. I'm, I mean, I'm headed out the door to work, but later let's sit down and um, let's talk about it or something like that. So let me ask in that situation, let's say, well, let me ask, are you, have you decided that it, you will only date someone that is spiritual? You no. don't want to be with someone religious or are you, are you willing to be with someone religious also? I'm willing to be with someone religious as well. Okay. Um, so in that situation where you're like, Hey, let me read this meditation and they listen to your meditation. Are you open to then? So, cause I struggle with this sometimes. Are you open to also hearing theirs? I would be, and I would like them to be able to, to be able to have a conversation about why it means so much to them, why this particular reading touched them and it, it triggered something in them in a positive way or a negative way, but it brought something up for them that, and they want to share that with me. Uh, that, uh, that is something I want. It's, that is very important to me. That is spiritual intimacy. Then I guess that is definitely on my list. (laughs) So that is on your list. We know that. Let's see. What's the next one is, uh, let's see. There were five, one, two, three, four of them. So physical, I'm going to say five. Sexual, physical, spiritual, emotional intimacy. I think this is one that a lot of people are probably pretty familiar with. And I think it's a tough one. This is the one that I longed for the most uh, previously in my relationship and all of my relationships. Emotional intimacy is the one that I definitely craved more than anything else. Same. This is a very, this is a very, very, very important one to me. Um, But I'm going to also say this. I have not had emotional intimacy because I have not been with partners or I have not selected partners that were emotionally available. And I think that is something that I have to do differently and look, look at differently is when I meet a, when I'm out there in the dating world, I would have tended to just gravitate to the first person and I wouldn't have I mean, kind of would have ignored everything. Oh, I met this person. They like me. They're okay. You know, they're okay. I like them. Right. It's good to go. But me too. That's <laughs> how I always was also like, oh, you picked me. All right, sweet. Let's do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you cannot learn these le- this level of intimacy in a short window of time. So I would have picked partners that were not emotionally available because I would have been all in so fast that I wouldn't even had an opportunity to know if they were emotionally available. So is a partner, a significant other, in your case, boyfriend, the only way to only place you can get emotional intimacy? I used to think yes. However, that has totally changed. I actually have that with you. I have that 
with the people I sponsor. I have that with the people that I meet with on Wednesdays and Thursday nights. I have that with my girlfriends. Well, let's talk about me and you for a second. We share emotional intimacy? Well, of course. How do we do that? We're doing it right now. Well, but wait a minute, Dawn. I'm in a relationship. I am in a committed, monogamous relationship with Nick. And I, I don't plan to have an emotional affair. So if I'm having emotional intimacy with you, am I doing something wrong? No, because oh. you and I are not physically attracted to each other. I'm not saying you are not a gorgeous woman, because you are. Thank you, as are you. Thank you. But I am not physically attracted to you. I do not want to be your romantic partner. I like you as a human being, and that's it. There's nothing more than that between you and I. And I can be vulnerable with you and walk away and not give you a second thought. I don't ever have to wonder if something I tell you is going to get thrown back at me in an argument in six months. I know that you are going to take what I tell you and you're going to take it in and you're going to hear it. You're going to share with me. You're going to talk to me and then you're going to leave it be and let it alone. And I feel safe with you. I feel I can be vulnerable with you because that is a big part of emotional um, intimacy is being able to be vulnerable, like you said, and not have to worry that it's going to be thrown back in my face later. I can share my hopes, my dreams, my insecurities, my thoughts. Even just your momentary, like one of the things I know that helps me a lot with you is that I can share my emotions in the moment. I can share what I feel right here, right now. And when I feel differently in an hour, you're not going to be like, well, an hour ago you felt this way. Exactly. It's safe. It's secure. And while we share that, there's another level of emotional intimacy, in my opinion. Again, I'm, I'm not a professional, but in my opinion, there's another level of an emotional intimacy that I share with my significant other that is... Unique to your significant other. Yes. And I was going to say deeper, but it's not. It should be unique to the two yes. of you. And, and yet, I can't really say out loud right here where that line is drawn, right? It's, again, I think that's unique to each couple. Because my level of emotional intimacy with Nick is different than your level of emotional intimacy with your significant other, mm -hmm. not yeah. when you have one. You know what yeah. I mean? Everyone's, every partner's emotional level of emotional intimacy is different. So I'm actually going to use an example here. And there is someone that I've met in recovery and it's a gentleman and I adore him. I love him with all my being, who I am, enough that I entrusted he, my son's recovery with him. He is an amazing person. And I have, I can have emotional intimacy with him and my partner would never have to be concerned because it is not a physical sexual attraction and if he's if he ever listens he's a great looking man not saying he's not love him to death but i'm that is not our relationship however i can go to him and i can share and i have shared 
He was, honestly, he was you before I had you. Yes. And he, he knows my, he knows my deepest, darkest secrets, my most embarrassing stories. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He's seen me a blubbering mess. He's seen me lose very dear friends and has been there and supported me. And the thing with him is I have not talked to him in seven months because I don't have to because we share a level of, of safety and it's a deeper, a deeper level of connection than I need to talk to you every day or I need to be around you every day or it's, it's just a different, it's a different sort of emotional intimacy that I have found in recovery. And I think that's the thing. When we are working this, when we're working through recovery, whether it, no matter what kind of recovery it is, right, it does not have to be specific. We are going to have emotional intimacy or we should have emotional intimacy with the people that we work with closely in recovery. Absolutely, we should, without a shadow of doubt. We cannot, we cannot, I'm going to go so far as to say we cannot possibly have healthy relationships if we do not have emotional intimacy. Agreed. It's impossible. So emotional intimacy is shared between significant others and friends. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also a level of emotional intimacy between even just acquaintances, right? I, I know as a dog trainer, people that would train me, hire me to train their dog would share some pretty emotional things with me, some vulnerable things with me about fears they had, about frustrations that they had. And even that had its own level of emotional intimacy to it. Oh, I think you can have emotional intimacy in any relationship if you're willing to be vulnerable. I have an emotional relation or emotional intimacy with my children because I've learned to be vulnerable with my children. Absolutely. I think that is extremely important, especially as our children get older. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the big mistakes I made when my mine were very, very little is I thought being vulnerable with them would make me look, I don't know, we I want to say weak, but I don't think that's the right word. Weak, yes, but almost like, like I didn't know what I was doing. Like I wasn't safe. Like they couldn't come to me or trust me because I made a mistake. Being vulnerable has been, it's not anymore, an insecurity for me. Yes. It took me a long time to be able to get to the point with my kids, even my 11-year-old now, where I could go to one of them and I could say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm really sorry I did that. I did not. I was angry. I was acting out of frustration. That's not an excuse. I did not mean to do that. That wasn't my goal. I take it. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it takes a lot to do that. It's not, it's not always been one of the easiest things for me, for sure. Okay, so we know you are looking for emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. There's still one more kind of intimacy listed here, intellectual intimacy. Yep. I find this one to be pretty interesting because I never gave it a whole lot of thought until now. This one I did not realize I needed until the, my last relationship. And I realized how important it is to me. So the gentleman that HP put in my life to show me that I had a lot more work to do when it came to um, growth about with around uh, romantic partners, 
I'm not going to say this man was not intelligent because he was. However, there was a lopsided, it was lopsided when it came to intellectual intimacy. I need to be challenged. I am a very intelligent woman. I am knowledgeable. I like certain things like I you know I believe certain things I have opinions on certain things I love to have a a healthy debate and to me that's intellectual intimacy is when I can have a conversation with someone and we'll we'll go we'll just talk um I guess politics I guess we use politics as an example I don't know I can't think of a better one right now well even like so certain board games i enjoy playing oh. there's this one board game is called da vinci's code okay um and you have to it's very strategic and you're just pa- placing blocks to create certain shapes but mm-hmm. you get a certain number of points based on the block that you place and you got to try to prevent the other player from placing the block and then like chess very very strategic use uh-huh. your thoughts your brain in order to figure out try to guess what they're going to do and block it and do something next and i enjoy stuff like that i find that to be intellectual risk. intelligence right risk and yes uh, yes uh, we're a board game family so we are very competitive and so my boys and i actually we have intellectual intimacy as well because we can have we can play these play these strategic games, we can have conversations, and we can challenge each other on our thoughts and have a a healthy debate and walk away. Yeah, one of my most favorite things that my son does uh, is Jebediah will come up to me and he'll say, Mom, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? (laughs) Or if you could do anything anything at all in the world if you could do it what would you do just just those random intellect like i have to stop and think about the answer for a minute and then i throw it at him and i ask him the same question and he gives me his answer and then there's like a 10 or 20 minute quick conversation about why i would be invisible if i could have any superpower and why he would teleport right like (laughs) yeah that that is intellectual intimacy reading one of my favorite uh, things to do is I will, we will do a chapter. So I'll read a book with the kids and we'll read a chapter and then we'll wait two or three nights and we'll read another chapter. And I love doing that. That, that is intellectual intimacy. So t- tonight I was telling you this a little bit earlier um, when we were talking about topics for the podcast. So earlier Colin came in the kitchen and he, every Monday he always asked me, is it podcast night? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how's it going? And I was like, good. And he's like, what do you, you know, what do you have for upcoming topics? So I was rattling off the list. After I rattled the list off, he actually came back to me and said, well, hey, mom, you know, maybe think of this. And he actually gave me some good advice, which I shared with you. And yeah, that's into that is intellectual intimacy. Because we're having a conversation. He's bouncing ideas off me. This boy is eight. This, he's not a boy. He's 18. He's a man. But this boy uh-huh. is 18 years old and I am 52 years old. But that doesn't mean because he's 18 years old, he's not intelligent and he does and he does not have amazing suggestions. He challenges me with the whole brand I'm trying to create, right? The YouTube videos, this podcast, the website, 
some other things that I, I need to get back to and are in the works. He's the one. Mom, how's this going? Mom, how's this going? He challenges me. That's intellectual. That's so much like my son. (laughs) They're like, they could be the same person sometimes. That is definitely intellectual intimacy. Yes. And that is, that is, it's crazy how much like Jebediah that is. Um, (laughs) He he literally, so he works a lot of times. I I start work at 5 a.m. and he's in school. So he'll work until 10 p.m. And then by the time he gets home, I'll be in bed. So I'll see him a couple of couple three or four nights a week I'll see him probably once or twice a week he'll ask me about the podcast and he'll ask what we're doing and we have that same type of intellectual conversation yeah it's crazy so now what does that look like in a romantic like we've got it with our kids we got it down pat with our kids how does it look in a romantic relationship I'm gonna let you go because you are in a romantic relationship and I'm if this is not a comfortable topic to talk about with you and Nick feel free to say uh, you know I'm not you know you don't want to? Well, you know, when you when you first ask, and, and it's not even when you first ask, I've kind of been thinking about it since I saw intellectual intimacy listed there. And Nick is an extremely smart person. He is extremely intelligent. I am extremely intelligent. Our biggest issue has been in the past that we disagree on things. So we tried the politics conversations. We disagree. He is on one side of the fence. Mm-hmm. I am on the other side. And there is no... There is no meeting in the middle, so we stop talking about politics. What, what I have found where I get my intellectual intimacy from Nick is we now work for the same company. This is a private company, fairly small, big enough that we do not work side by side. We don't interact a whole heck of a lot at work, but still small enough that things that I do impact him, things that he does impact me thing that somebody else in the company does impact us, right? It's still a fairly small company. So I find that I get my uh, intellectual intimacy with Nick when we discuss work. Now, we typically only discuss work on our lunch break, and we only a couple times a week usually try to keep nice boundary there. But when we talk about something that's happening at work and we share like you were talking about bouncing ideas off of each other and trying to come up with solutions and trying to find the root cause to it, we definitely share intellectual intimacy there. When there's a problem in the house, so last August, the hot water heater had burst, and I don't know why people put the hot water heater in the attic. If you're a house builder listening to this, please don't put the hot water heater in the (laughs) attic. Put it somewhere else. But it burst, and it fell through the ceiling, and it was a hot mess, and it lasted for months, and we shared a heck of a lot of intellectual intimacy coming together and getting that repaired and taken care of. When there's something wrong and we need to fix it, problem with one of the kids, we share intellectual intimacy, finances, we share intellectual intimacy. There's several ways that we do. And I have to say, before I started listing this, before you asked that question, I was kind of searching like, oh, crap, do we have intellectual intimacy? But we definitely do. If I look for it, it is there without a doubt. Yeah, and I agree with you. All of those things are intellectual intimacy because as I referred to earlier, I didn't realize this was a big factor for me until that relationship when I was still, honestly, this is a big reason this relationship ended was because I was still doing all of the things that I would have to do to make things run and function on my own. 
for me, it was like, if I'm going to do it on my own, I might as well just do it on my own. That is something that I will, and I keep saying this with all of these, like, this is very important and it's going to be at the top of the list. It'll be at the top of the list, but this is an important I think that just means, I think that just means intimacy is at the top. It is. It really is. So you said there was, you had five, you said you saw five. So physical, spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and what was the last one? Well, sexual. Okay. All right. So I saw one more, and I thought this was an interesting one, too. Social intimacy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So social intimacy would be going out together and doing things together? Well, let me get there, and I will read what it says. And this is off a website, All All Points North is where I saw it. Social intimacy is the degree to which you and your partner share each other's interests and spend time together as a couple. What kinds of things do you do together? Do you share quality time having fun? Now, this doesn't mean doing everything together or always doing your own thing. Social intimacy is about spending time together, doing fun things, balanced with individual time you both need. When it comes to togetherness, more isn't always better and less isn't always more. So I agree with that 100%. And I love that you said that because I have literally never thought about social intimacy until right now. That's a big one. I will be honest, which I always, you know, always am, has been social intimacy is something I've, I've went the extreme of doing everything with my partner. I cannot have anything outside of my partner that is a social interest of my own. So I will say that for a very long time, I was in that extreme also. And and I may be on the opposite side of that now. I'm trying. No, I don't think I'm. No, I'm not on the opposite side of that now. We do social, we have social intimacy, we do things together, we have hobbies, we love to go fishing, we enjoy hiking, we like going to the mountains, we enjoy going to the beach, we love going on the boat, we do quite a few things together. So we do definitely have social intimacy. I think there has to be a balance with that. I think it's very important. I'm a big believer, date night. I think date night is a very important factor for a couple without the kids to reconnect to keep all of these six now we've added one to it six levels of intimacy in play without having one-on-one time none of these will happen i um, agree 100 percent. i agree yeah. so i think it is very important to whether you have children you don't have children especially though when you have children you have to carve out time for one-on-one with each other and not just then the 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes when you crawl into bed at night, right? You have to get out of the house. You have to get away. That is not those 10 or 20 minutes when you crawl into bed at night. I think that that is one of the biggest places that couples tend to fall apart and lose intimacy is that once we have families, we have children, we have full-time jobs, we have houses, we have dogs, we have hobbies, we have friends, we have extended families. And all of those things get in the way of that one-on-one time. When you have 
two kids under the age of five, good luck finding an hour to have an intellectual conversation or play a board game unless you have a date night. When I get done with work at five o'clock and I'm home at five, I get home from work at five o'clock and then I make dinner and we have dinner and then I get on a call and then I get on a meeting and then I get on another call. And then at 20 minutes before bed, I'm like, how was your day? And he's like, it was great. I love you. Good night. I'm like, I love you too. Good night. And then we snuggle a little bit. There's no, there's no connection there. Right. Except maybe physical intimacy, maybe sexual intimacy, if we're not too tired. All of the other categories of intimacy that are required in order to have a healthy relationship with a significant other are completely missing. So without intentionally making time to allow space for intimacy to build, I cannot possibly expect intimacy to build. So I um, read something and I can't, I don't remember where it was, so I can't cite it at all. It was two, two, two. Every two weeks, a date night should be planned. Every two months, a weekend away should be planned. Every two years, a one week trip should be planned. I've never, so Nick and I have been together for 17 years almost. Yeah, 17 years. Wow. 17 years. Um, And we have never gone on a two-day vacation alone and we have never gone on a week vacation alone now that's going to change the summer for the first time right I had two kids when we got together I had a three-year almost three-year-old and I had a five-year-old almost six-year-old so we have never really been alone I mean we had date nights yes we've done that but never every two weeks I we have to schedule that we we are not great about that I, I've never heard that before. That's an interesting two, two, two. That's an interesting way to definitely make sure intimacy is maintained. And it's a very reasonable. Yeah. Um, very reasonable way. It is. It is a very reasonable way. I mean, even from a financial perspective, that's not unrealistic to be able to do if you, it takes planning. I think that's what I'm trying to say, right? This takes planning. It has to be a priority. You know, that when you set a budget, the first thing they tell you to do is pay yourself, right? Put your put money in your saving. It has to be intentional. It does. It does. Intimacy cannot grow without two people. Intimacy cannot grow between two people without two people working to grow that intimacy. Right. Things don't grow without being supplied what they need. Exactly. My second husband and I, we... Well, my first, let me see, my first husband and I, we did, we were very, we were better. But for me, it was my, I was always spending a lot of time with my mom or I was with him. Um, My second husband, on the other hand, we did a lot of going and spending a lot of time away early on in our relationship together. And we did do a lot of trips. We did a lot of date nights. My kids are 10 years apart, so... You know, as Dylan got older, he and him and his brother are so close. So there was, you know, he could watch him for a couple hours for us to go to dinner. Um, So we did that. But that didn't make our relationship last. Just having one of these intimacies did not make our relationship last. Just now, you know, in the last five years, I have a life out, you know, with with Coda, with with my recovery. That is my time. That for me is something so important. This 
with when it comes to social intimacy that I'm not willing to give up. And that is a factor in finding a partner too. Is that person that I'm with has to understand that this is a major part of my life. So they have to have something in their lives that they can find balance in while I'm focusing on this. Now, you know, I make Friday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays. They're all, that is free time for me. I don't make plans with anything recovery related. Right. Well, and that's a big thing in my house, right? So again, I have three children. Mm-hmm. I have a 20, almost 21-year-old, an 18-year-old, and an 11-year-old. Nick and I have been together for 17 years. We have been most recently back together for two years. We had a three-year break. So, And I work 40 hours a week. And this recovery aspect, this healthy living aspect, my 12-step program is a huge aspect of my life. Yep. So like on Monday, I get home from work, I make dinner, and I'd get on a call, and then I get on a meeting, and then I make this podcast and it's 10 p.m., right? I leave the house at 6.30 and it's 10 p.m. before I even sit down to stop for the night. Nick has no choice but to be understanding of that. I mean, he has a choice. He can get upset and he does sometimes. Unfortunately, that doesn't change it, right? He has no choice but to deal with those feelings about it. And this is the first time in our relationship for a very long time Our relationship, like you described at first, was it was all him. Yeah. Right? I got off work. I came home. I hung out with him. Weekends, I hung out with him. Every free moment was spent with him. I had no life outside of him and my children. That was my whole life was him and my kids. Even while I was at work, I would be texting him. I would call him on my lunch break, call him on my way home. Like, it was ridiculous. Then we went through this period where we only saw each other maybe twice a week for a couple hours. There was, I was too busy, he was too busy, he had his own thing, I had my own thing. We were just living separate lives and there was very little intermingle in them. And at this point now, we're kind of at this healthier place, I think, where Like I said, on Mondays, we don't see very much of each other. Tuesdays, I have a couple of meetings. Wednesday night is date night. Thursday, I have meetings. Friday, I have a sponsee in a meeting. And then Saturday and Sunday is family. So there's this healthier place where I have my own things going on and he does his own thing. Now, whether he has his meetings or he has something planned or he just sits on the couch and watches TV, that's his business. That's Mm -hmm. his life. It's his decision. It's his choice. It's his time. I do mine. He does his. We have our own individual time. And then we also have our time together. And I think that that's what's really important. What we were talking about in that article too, is we have to have separate and together. So I have to share a funny. This is a triangle. Keep going. I, I'm going to share a funny story then, but I want can you elaborate what you mean by a triangle? So this is a triangle. So every every relationship is a triangle, whether it's a significant other, a coworker, an associate, or, or a best friend, or just a friend. It is me. It is you. It is us. So your our life, my life, our relationship. That's uh, that's I love that. 
And I've heard you say that one other time. And I always forget it. And now I'm writing it down because I really like that. So real quick, my funny story is I'm not I'm not actively dating or looking for a date or anything like that. But I have known this gentleman for a while and we kind of, you know, we'll touch base and then we'll go months without. So he reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and he you know, caught up a little bit. And he's like, so have you been this one restaurant we went to? He really liked it. I really liked it. It was on, it's on the water. We watched the manatees. They played live music. The restaurant actually has a pool and a hot tub. So you can wear your suits to the restaurant and get in the pool. It's, it's a whole thing. It's, It's an experience. So he says, have you been there? And I was like, no, haven't been there. And he's like, okay. And so we keep talking and he says, so when do you think we can, we can go? And In the past, I would have been like, oh, I'm available Friday, which I think we were talking like Thursday. I would have been like, I'm available next day. And I paused and I'm thinking, okay, when am I available? So, and he knows, he knows I'm an act, I'm very active in CODA. And so that he knows like kind of the during the weeks out, but I was like, hmm. And so I'm thinking and I'm like, well, this weekend I have planned with the girls already. And if I'm doing something with the girls, I still want one night to be me on my couch. At the end of the night, at the end of the week, I want to have spent one night on the couch, vegging out, doing nothing. Yes, I have to have one relaxing evening. Right. I must. It is a requirement. There's no calls. There's no nothing. It's just, I can, if I want to get up and go get dinner, I want to take out, I want to do whatever, but it's just me and my couch and my dog. Doing what I want. If I want to play a video game or watch a movie or read a book or shoot if I want to play on my phone exactly. for a few hours that's my choice exactly so I take one night a week for that so I was like I'm looking I'm like girl no dinner with the girls no my night okay meeting nope not that weekend's not gonna work the next weekend's not gonna work now my niece is coming to town that's not gonna work then this happens and then Colin graduates and I'm like well I said I'm next really busy for I'm like, I don't have any time the next five weeks. And he's like, five weeks. And I'm like, yeah, I said, and I was, I told, I was like, you know, I kind of was like, you know, Colin graduates and he's got prom and he's got this. And he's like, really five weeks. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I need to go. <laughs> and he wow. Like, so five weeks, I guess he wasn't wanting to wait five weeks huh no and it wasn't like i was making shit up it was like prom graduation i mean so my family coming in town i mean i have i had shit going on you so can- did you change your mind when he said he had to go no i was like okay talk to you later bye oh you mean you didn't hurry up and rush to try to find a way to change your plans so you didn't feel some rejection because he had to go no i was busy i'm busy oh that's so healthy of you don <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, right, if I think back to myself and I was dating and before relationships and all that stuff, and I think back to when somebody would, somebody who I like while I was single would have asked me if I could go to dinner with them at a place that I knew we really liked, I would have found a Saturday night that I didn't need to sit on my couch just so I could go to dinner with them because I didn't want them to be disappointed, even if I really wanted that Saturday night on my couch. I really, I would have. Not now, but in the past. Right. Oh, I would have been, I totally went about all over that in the past. 
I'd, like I said, it would have been, we're talking Thursday night, I would have said, I can go tomorrow. And the thing about it is, I would say, I'm going to go tomorrow, and I would have been resentful with myself at like three o'clock on Friday that I had to actually leave the house. Or right, I would go through that whole thing where I'd end up being upset with myself. Like, why did you do this? Because I, I wouldn't even like check in with myself to be like, how are you feeling? Are you tired? Do you need tomorrow night to be home and rejuvenate? Right. You'd have just said yes, because you felt like you had to. So someone wasn't disappointed. That's yes. That's exactly what I would have done. Yep. And guess what? I haven't heard from him since. Well, I guess he wasn't the one that you were going to be sharing your intimacy with. It was he. It was not, was he? <laughs> and the funny thing about him. So what's, inter what's interesting, the spiritual intimacy is there. The emotional, I've shared some very, I can be very, I can be vulnerable with him. Intellectual intimacy as well is okay. It's not, you know, he, he's, he likes games. We can, we've, there was actually one time, cause we've, like I said, dated on and off one weekend. We actually spent all weekend holed up in the apartment playing cards. We just kept playing different card games. He would teach me a That's card game. That's hilarious. Um, and you know, just having some drinks and playing cards. That's awesome. <laughs> but social intimacy, the respect for my time, respect for what I have going on. I never once said I did not want to go with him. What I was saying was I have, I have things going on. Unfortunately, month of May, you know, you have a son graduating. Shit. Absolutely. It's impossible. The whole May, June, and July for me are, like somebody asked me the other day, hey, can you do this for me? I was like, yeah, August 10th. <laughs> right. Seriously? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I am completely booked from now until mid-August. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Yep. No matter how much I love you, I'm booked. Exactly. I, June is a fairly light month for me, like once you get into like the second, third week, but then July gets busy again, for, like work gets busy. I'm going to Texas for three weeks. People will hear that. I'm like, I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I like, and those are the things that I've changed. That's the ment. I've changed that mentally. Because now my time matters. And that is what I, in the past, when I would say, oh, I'm available tomorrow night, I was showing people up front that my time was not valuable. So I want to correct your phrasing just a little bit. Okay. Your wants in your time matter. Ah, very true. That is right. Because. Your time's always mattered. People look at you and know that you are amazing. And I'm sure the reason that they, they want you is because your time matters. Your time matters. But what you want to do with your time is what now matters. Yeah. Very good point. Very true point. And I never thought, God, this is going to sound really messed up. I never thought that I mattered. I didn't for a long time either. I, I, I did not think that what I wanted to do with my time mattered. What mattered was what everybody else wanted of me. But not anymore. So how do we get 
intimacy. How do we create intimacy in a relationship, no matter what relationship it is? By not being judgmental and by being emotionally available. You have to talk about your feelings. You have to. Good, bad, ugly, have to talk. You have to be able to communicate. And it has to be, you have to have a mutual respect for the other person's safety to make them feel safe and that it is okay to be vulnerable. And somebody's got to go first. Yeah. Somebody has to be vulnerable first or else no one will be vulnerable. Create, somebody's got to go first. Somebody's got to create time for it. Create strategic opportunities to create intimacy. Schedule time to have it. Intentionally make intimacy happen. They've got this thing I just saw on, um, I think I saw it on Facebook, but this it's like a date night game and Ooh. they'll send you those, there's like mystery packs where you date night mystery packs where you try to solve a murder, oh, like an fun. actual true murder with true evidence. And then the, the, who the police, mur- the suspects are all listed and the actual murderer is listed or well, who they, the police chose to pick. Anyways, we'll get into that. Um, they have other ones too that are like, they have sex ones, they have intimacy ones, there's yoga ones, there's all kinds of different things, date night at home kind of things. So if you can find that link and send it to me, I will actually put that link in the comments for the listeners, because I know I want to check it out. And I'm sure they're going to want to want to as well. So if you can share that link with me, I will throw it in the comments or in the description. For the I definitely podcast. will. Um, another one, I I'm, I just pulled something up really quick, and I, I never read everything because I always pick out the ones for me that I find interesting. There's two. The first one is accept that your relationships will have highs and lows. And that is something that I have not done. I think that's been really, really hard for me because the lows feel... The lows feel hopeless sometimes. And there's a lot in a relationship. And I'm just there. There can be a lot of lows, especially when you are, like you said earlier, working 40, 40 plus hours. When you have kids, when you're you're trying to work recovery and and give back to to something um, you're trying to find your own time for yourself. You're trying to work out or to be physically active, to find time for that. There can be a lot of lows. A lot yeah. of time for not, there, a, a lack of time. And those those are lows. But then, Yeah, for sure. And so you have to make those highs even bigger to make up for the lows. And just... That's part of it. And so I thought that was really interesting. And my per- this one is my favorite. Be positive and grateful about what you have in your relationship. I, I kind of mentioned that earlier, right, when we were talking about the intellectual intimacy. And it's funny how if I don't look for certain things, mm-hmm. things can feel lacking. But then when I actually stop and look at them, they're not lacking at all. Intimacy is very, it's, it's, it's very important. It's a very, it's such a, a precious gift. 
to be able to find people that you can be truly intimate with. It is. All right, Ashley. It has been an amazing conversation tonight, Dawn, as it always is. And I hope you listeners have absolutely enjoyed it as much as we have. I look forward to it every week. Me too. Make sure you check out the other podcasts. We are now on all the all the popular streaming services. Um, we are now as well on YouTube. Um, work it, you are worth it. Doc. Uh, work it, you are worth it. It's work it semicolon. You are worth it on YouTube. Um, so you can check them out there. Check out the website www.workityouareworthit.com. And Ashley, until next week. Have a wonderful week. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.